0: audio podcast network
1: hello and welcome to whining about History, the podcast where two longtime gal pals chat about women from history you may not have heard of and chug wine while doing it i'm kelly I'm Emily, and you guys can't see it, but Kelly's,
0: like, giving me the bedroom eyes, and it's really awesome. I mean,
1: you have your, like, radio voice you do, so I'm trying to up my game over here. I It's so funny, because I'll listen to our
0: episodes sometimes. Well, especially when recording... And if ever I do the intro, I'm like, I've got my sexy NPR voice. And I immediately break it to that's just exactly talk in my normal. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I talk in my normal asshole voice after that. I'm like, okay, we're done. We're done. done.
1: <laughs> Moving on.
0: I shaved for you and now I'm just going to like spread my legs and fart on the couch.
1: Yeah, that's accurate.
0: So uh, I picked the wine this week and actually I went out and bought a special bottle because this is our special Memorial Day episode. Yep. If. Anyone doesn't know Memorial Day is the day that we honor those who have died and who have fought for our country. And so, actually, really interesting, like kind of related anecdote. So, my boyfriend, he's a veteran. I've talked about him a couple of times. He hates when people wish him a happy Memorial Day because he made you know he made it home yep. and everything. He's like, this day is not fucking for me. Yeah. So, just like a little insight for the veterans in your life. You know, I, everyone's different, but maybe don't yeah. wish of. A living veteran, a happy memorial day. Because
1: I think I told you that I had a coworker that was similar that the first year that I was, you know, friends with him, I said it. And yeah, he was like, he's like, don't do that. He's like, for me, it was just, you know, what I had to do. Like, you know, I signed up for it because we have to in this country. And I went over there. I did my duty and I came home. Yep. So he's like, I don't deserve thanks. So today
0: we are uh, honoring the people who have... I mean, given the ultimate sacrifice, so the rest of us can have the freedoms that we so liberally enjoy and uh, fighting for that. So thank you very much. Um, And to the families and friends left behind, we hear you, we see you, and we love you. So today we are drinking Insurrection. Insurrection. Because it just seemed like this really, like, powerful word. And, you yeah. know, it's like oh, to yeah. rebel and to, like, fight and all that. Um, so I'm just going to read the back. So we're drinking Insurrection Red Blend. And it says, Rise up against ordinary flavors and domesticated wines. Break free. Take a stand for concentrated pleasure and life on the edge. Intensely ripe cold climate fruit aged in oak for four months. Tastes like plum, chocolate, berries, and
1: spice. I don't really get any of that. I I, I don't (laughs) get the chocolate and plum, like the spice I can kind of taste, but the chocolate and plum, no.
0: I mean, this is definitely a red wine. It's not too communion-y? No, it's got like a hint of the Catholic Church in
1: it. Yeah. It's like a (laughs) dash. Just a a hint.
0: Yeah. But um, I think we know what we're cheersing today. Cheers to everyone who's made the ultimate
1: sacrifice. Cheers to them. Cheers. Clink.
0: Clink. Yeah.
1: I like this. I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely not bad. Like, kinda, I'm not usually a huge red fan, but I could drink this. Like, I kind
0: of want a steak with it. Like, yeah, something that's a red, really. That's a red wine thick thing. Think and meaty and bloody. Just. Uh. All right. So, um, in honor of Memorial Day, Kelly and I both did women veterans. Yep. They didn't necessarily have to die in battle. We just decided we you know, do Female veterans. Before we get started, though, we do have a say their name today. It's kind of a sad one, so I mean, like, hold on to your wine glasses tightly. I, yeah, I know, take my, a sip or two. Yeah, I know my story isn't particularly
1: upbeat. I don't know about Kelly's. Mine ends kind of neutrally. Okay, okay. So, like, it's not super depressing. It's just kind of like, all right, <laughs> this might be a bumpy episode.
0: <laughs> if Kelly's is nicer it'll than just, mine, it'll just
1: finish <laughs> off like,
0: meh. Nah. But our say their name today is Sheila Abdus Salam. She was the first African-American female judge to serve on the New York Court of Appeals. Sadly, she... Which is,
1: I think, New York's highest court. Yes.
0: Yep. So really big deal. Total trailblazer. Um, Unfortunately, she did recently pass away. The cause is kind of undetermined at this point. I'm not going to make any judgments or speculations because I don't know but she's an incredible she's an incredible woman and we want to honor her so i'm just going to read the first part of her uh wiki page because i found a bunch of articles on her and this is just kind of the most Summary. succinct yeah because we're not doing a whole episode on her right now so i just want to give a quick overview so she was an american lawyer and judge in 2013 after having served on the new york city civil court uh the new york supreme court and the appellate division uh, she was nominated for the New York Court of Appeals, New York's highest court, as Kelly said, and was unanimously confirmed as an associate judge by the New York State Senate. That's awesome. This made her the first African American female judge to serve
1: on the New York Court of Appeals. That's amazing. Yeah, like, and, and it was unanimous. Everyone's like, "Yeah, no, she's good at her job. Let's get her on there." Yeah, like no one, no one's being a dick about. It. They're
0: like, "No, she she knows her shit." And, you know, she grew up in a working-class family. She was one of six siblings, kind of came from humble beginnings, and just fucking rocked it out. So I think we just need a little extra cheers. Say their name, Sheila.
1: Clink. Yeah, I can definitely taste the spice. Yeah, like at least does when you, have a spice. When, at least when you take a big sip, it's like, ooh, spicy. <laughs> you just
0: got to, like, open your throat yeah. and let it flow directly into your liver. Just right. bypassing right everything. Right down. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start off today, and stop me if you've heard this one. No, I'm kidding. I am covering Kathy Williams. Okay, stop. I've heard this one.
1: <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, you you brought it up, so I had to.
0: So Kathy Williams was the first African-American woman to enlist in the Army, Ooh. in the U.S. Army. Nice. Not like ever, yeah, ever. I, know.
1: <laughs> I figured.
0: All right. Kathy Williams was born in Independence, Missouri in September of 1844, and although she lived in a town called Independence, she herself was a slave. Don't you love shitty irony? irony? (laughs) Her father was a free man, but her mother was a slave, so that in turn made her a slave. And I have no idea if her father was a slave owner or a free black man or what the deal was. But the fact that he was free and the mother was a slave and I couldn't find any information on the parents. So I'm kind of like, well, that kind of brings in
1: the question of consent
0: and yeah. all that fun stuff that we love to dwell on when we're staying up late and can't sleep.
1: Yeah. You know, the sins of the white man.
0: Yeah. So growing up, Kathy worked as a house slave on the Johnson plantation outside of Jefferson city, Missouri. When the American Civil War broke out in 1861, Union soldiers occupied the city. At this time, the Union viewed captured slaves as contraband—unsexy yep. finger quotes—and many were forced to serve in the military, serving as cooks, nurses, and other in other
1: support roles. And I was like, "What?" I feel like that gives them more opportunity to run away again.
0: Well, I'm, I'm like, okay, you're like
1: freeing the slaves but you're like no you're gonna just work for us now yeah you're free from your plantation but now you have to join the army (laughs) yeah like what the
0: fuck is up with that at 17 years old kathy was forced to serve in the 8th indiana volunteer infantry regiment during her time with them kathy marched with the 8th indiana through arkansas louisiana and georgia That is a hell of a lot of walking. Yeah. You know she hit her 10,000 steps every day. (laughs) Every fucking day. Oh, yeah. Easily. She looks at her non-existent Fitbit and goes, damn. This meant that she was present at several battles, including the Battle of Pea Ridge and the Red River Campaign. Uh, She also witnessed African-American men serving as soldiers. When the Civil War ended, Kathy was working at Jefferson's... Or Jefferson Barracks. So she... Basically, from the start of the Civil War to the end, was serving in the military. Not entirely, I mean, not by choice by any means. Although perhaps inspired by other black soldiers or her time with the 8th Indiana, Kathy decided to officially join the U.S. Army in 1866. So she's like, let's do this. Let's make it official. Right. Let it be my choice now.
1: She's like, I'm okay with this. I can keep doing this. Yeah.
0: There was just, like, one teeny tiny problem. Women can't be in the military? How did you know? (laughs) God, you're so fucking smart, Kelly. I love you. So to get around this little technicality of her being a woman, Kathy created the perfect alternate male persona. Kathy Williams enlisted in the U.S. Army underneath the name William
1: Kathy. Yes. That's awesome. That is the laziest fucking pseudonym I have ever heard. But what's great about that is because in the army, I think they call you by your last name. So she's going to answer to it because they're still going to be calling her Kathy. And and here's the thing. I get no one really knows her. They're not going to be like, huh, that's so funny because
0: I knew a lady named Kathy Williams. See, I think it's brilliant. It's 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 lazy, but it's
1: brilliant. It's
0: just so funny to me. She just like phoned in this fucking (laughs) name. She's like. Mm, I'm, I'm just sh- eager to serve. I don't care what the fuck you call me. <laughs> you know, me.
1: maybe she just mixed up the boxes for first name and last name. <laughs> maybe it wasn't intentional. She was just going to be upfront yeah. about it. No, I'm Kathy. Like,
0: just call me Kathy. Oh, shit. So after passing what was certainly a very casual medical exam, right? <laughs> uh, Kathy enlisted for a three-year engagement and was assigned to the 38th United States Infantry Regiment. This made her the first African-American woman to enlist in the United States Army and the only one we know of who served in drag. During her service, Kathy contracted smallpox and was hospitalized. She gets sick so much in this story and it breaks my fucking heart. And they
1: never figured out she was a woman in the hospital? Oh, just buckle up. Buckle up because it's... Strap in and strap on, everyone. It's almost irresponsible. Like, I'm
0: glad they didn't catch her earlier but, it's but like well and the first one the military wasn't required to give like a full medical yeah, examination we talked about that
1: in one of the ones i did where it was a woman in the military and yeah that was like their lax medical exam
0: yeah was that uh sarah emma edmonds yeah yeah i mean tune into uh shit i don't remember what number episode that was but it was the um it was the fighting girlfriend the unsexed soldier and i think that was like I'll check. I think it was five. Again, they must not have taken that close of a look because Kathy rejoined her unit in New Mexico once she recovered. Unfortunately, a combination of the bout of smallpox, the New Mexico heat, and and the physical strain of her service led to frequent illness. And here's the thing. She's growing up as a slave. She's not getting good health care. And then immediately she's, like, serving in the military and marching, like through three fucking states, participating in battle. Right. I cannot imagine she had a great, like, immune system. No. I'm not surprised. Probably not. This and it is was also, episode five. Okay. So Sarah Emma Edmonds, learn about her in episode five. But, like, there's no way she was going to be healthy.
1: No. No. I mean, there was a lot of white soldiers that ended up not being healthy because of how hard they marched them.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and can we remember how they did – uh amputations during the Civil War. it was bad. Bite down
1: on this leather and pray. (laughs) Yeah, and you might die afterward. Oh, yeah. After going through this horribly excruciating pain, you might die after. Either we know you're going to die from the
0: infection or you have like a slim chance of living after I saw through your limb. Pick your poison here. So after being hospitalized multiple times, a doctor finally noticed that she was a fucking woman. It took like... Eighty bouts of smallpox for them to be like—is that what it was every time? It just kept no, coming I'm just, back. I'm just using hyperbole, oh. but you know, she just kept getting sick because she's under all this physical strain. She's probably not it that healthy already. your immune
1: system. Yeah,
0: it's military service. It's fucking tough, and especially in the 1800s, the fact that people weren't like dropping like flies more than they were blows my mind. That's right. The doctor notified the post commander that Kathy and Kathy was subsequently honorably discharged on October oh, wow. 14th, 1868,
1: after two years of service. But still, I thought it would have been a dishonorable discharge.
0: Oh, yeah. I thought they'd kick her ass out and be like, fuck you. Yeah, right. You're not even getting discharged. You were never in the military. Fuck you. Exactly. Um, This was not the end of Kathy's story, however. After her discharge from the military, Kathy joined the Buffalo Soldiers uh, they were a badass group of African American soldiers who primarily served on the Western Front after the or Western Frontier after the American Civil War. Uh, they went after thieves, rustlers, protected those traveling West, which was great, but they were also meant to keep control of the Native American tribes out West, which was not great. But they had, I didn't get too much into it because this is not their story, but they had a lengthy history in the military. Oh, I'm sure. And it was, it was,
1: an all I'm sure black, a, a lot of this was black. The black men that got picked up to fight,
0: exactly, which is super cool. So Kathy bounced around a bit and eventually married. Unfortunately, the marriage ended poorly when the son of a bitch stole her money and a team of horses from her.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, like talk about epic breakups, right? I'm just gonna steal all your shit and run away on your horses, right? Good news though, Kathy promptly had the fucker arrested. <laughs> right? She's like, dude, I know people. Like, why the fuck are you stealing from me? Yeah,
0: like bitches don't fuck with Kathy. Right? Kathy gonna fuck with bitches. <laughs> so after being discharged from the military, Kathy had held a few positions, including as a cook and as a seamstress. So she's just kind of bouncing around, finding work wherever she, she wants. Exactly. In fact, it was while working as a seamstress that word got out about Kathy's story. A reporter from St. Louis had heard rumors of a, of her service and interviewed her. Her story was published in the St. Louis Daily Times on January 2nd, 1876. Which, here's the thing, I doubt she could read or write. So that's probably the only way her story was ever going to get out. Oh, so yeah. this reporter, or it would have been word of mouth. Right, the reporter awesome. just happened to hear the rumors and wrote down her story, and that is the only reason we know about. Well, that's her That's probably a
1: huge thing for the reporter too. Like, I'm sure back then there wasn't a ton of people reporting on black people.
0: Yeah, or like their service in the military, right? <laughs> so Especially when as a woman. Yeah,
1: well, because she was the first. Yeah, exactly. there weren't no others. He's like, oh,
0: I have a breaking story <laughs> that we know of. I will just always include that caveat. There are so many women that we're never going to know about. And it might be willingly as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, that's a whole depressing can of worms I don't think we can afford to get into. not this time,
1: maybe. Between 1889
0: and 1890, Kathy entered the hospital for some health issues. Again. She applied for disability pension based on her service. Although there was precedent for granting a pension to female soldiers, there were a bunch of cases dating back all the way to the Revolutionary
1: War. Yeah, I was going to say, I know the unsexed soldier. That one, she Sarah got Edmett her pension ended, eventually. Yeah, but it took a long time. Oh, yeah. It was a battle. But Kathy was denied,
0: which doesn't surprise me in the least. Right? My That's still bullshit, though. My experiences with trying to get your disability figured out today are horrific and nightmarish and they don't fucking give that stuff out in 1893 Kathy's health issues escalated and she suffered from neuralgia and diabetes which required all of her toes to be amputated mm. meaning she had to walk with a crutch for the rest of her life that was the diabetes yeah we don't know when she died but it's likely it was soon after her disability claim was denied mm. I don't believe we know where she was buried either That's sad However, we're ending this on an up note because I refuse to get depressed. (laughs) Legacy. Over 400 women that we know of served in the Civil War disguised as male soldiers. But Kathy was the first African-American woman to enlist in the U.S. Army and was the only known female Buffalo soldier. Kathy felt the call to serve and wouldn't let a silly little thing like the patriarchal bullshit stand in her way. Fuck yeah. So, Kathy, we see you, we hear you, we love you.
1: Cheers. That's beautiful. That was beautiful. And I was... Um, I'm, like, worried. I don't know if mine, like, counts, because mine's, like, she was a spy in, in the CIA, and I'm, like, I don't know if they're technically considered part of the military. Actually, I don't think they are. Sorry. Sorry, guys. i let you down. That's okay. We're going to learn about her anyways. That's
0: okay, because here's the thing. The call to serve takes many different forms so there was a woman who i've got like half of her story done and i will cover her later um but i was planning on doing her for today but i wanted to cover someone who is specifically in the u.s military yeah, see now i feel bad <laughs> this was just on me this was just my hang-up but she was a uh resistance fighter against the nazis in world war ii and her story is fucking awesome so i will cover her in the future <laughs> no, it's
1: not who i'm covering
0: if it is No, it's definitely not because she wasn't part of the CIA. But if it is, I would still love and support you because empowered women empower women.
1: And then afterwards, you'd be like, God God damn it. it.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Off air, I just fucking scream at Kelly until she cries. it's, It's great. We're like friends on the air but off air it's a really toxic relationship. I yeah, to just
1: leave immediately.
0: <laughs> we like glare at each other, flip each other the bird and leave without saying anything. God. That's um, why we drink the wine. Yeah. It's the only way we can tolerate <laughs> each other.
1: <laughs> all right. So my woman is Virginia Hall. Ooh, I have never heard of her, but I love the name. Um she the the sub-quote of her name was the most dangerous spy of all. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited. All right. So early life, Hall was born in Baltimore, Maryland, the daughter of Barbara Virginia Hamill and Edwin Lee Hall. I always find it interesting, like way back then, that sometimes married couples didn't share a last name.
0: You know, I see that in a lot of articles I research because they'll include the mother's maiden name. I don't know if it's that the woman didn't take the husband's name or if they're just saying
1: this This was her name before she got married, which
0: I respect. Yeah.
1: Virginia Hall's childhood prepared her well for a life of espionage. The Halls of Baltimore loved outdoor adventures on the family farm and holidays in Europe. Young Virginia, a good though not exceptional student, was class president at Roland Park Country School editor-in-chief of the school newspaper and captain of the field hockey team. Damn. According to her niece, Lorna Catling, Virginia acted in school productions and, quote, always took the role of the pirate chief, end quote. That's awesome. Right? That's what I I I would always want to be, too.
0: She was like the girl I hated in high school because while I was struggling... To maintain the bare minimum of grades, social life, and extracurriculars, it sounds like she's just thriving. And I'm being
1: a jealous bitch right now, but I'm like, God, how? (laughs) Yeah. Beneath her passion for leading was a streak of independence and self-confidence. The yearbook called Virginia, quote, the most original of our class. That's how she was able to do it, that streak of independence and self-confidence. And Catling, her niece, remembered Aunt Virginia as, quote, comfortable in any situation, nothing daunted her, end quote. I love her. Right. You can stop telling this story. I'm in okay, love, and we're she's done. awesome, and we're done. <laughs> um, she then continued her education at the prestigious Radcliffe College and Barnard College, which is now Columbia University, where she studied French, Italian, and German, became fluent in all of them, and also understood Russian. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. She quit shortly after because she refused to take the classes required for graduation. What? She did, however, continue her studies in Paris at the Consular Academy in Vienna, where she earned a diploma in economics and international law.
0: So she's like killing it in college and yeah. she's like fuck this noise she's like i just
1: really wanted to learn all these languages but i don't want to take what i have to to graduate
0: you know what that kind of reminds me of so i think but then she went and
1: finished her diploma elsewhere
0: but i think it's harvard offers most if not all of their courses online and while you won't get the degree you can still learn stuff and we put so much emphasis on degrees and less on skill which yeah. is great for someone like me who like my degree makes me seem like i have skill yeah. when i'm just like A pathetic piece of shit.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't say
0: that. But she's like, no, I learned what I wanted to hear. Fuck the rest of this. I'm going to go to Paris and rock that shit out. Right
1: afterwards, she wanted to continue to finish her studies in Europe, and with help from her parents, she traveled the continent and studied in France, Germany, and Austria. Damn. Finally, she landed an appointment at a consular service as a consular service clerk at the American Embassy in Warsaw, Poland in 1931. Virginia served in a number of year in peace, posts, peace <laughs> posts, including Turkey over this term, but she grew restless, having ambitions sought to join the diplomatic corp, which had very few women at the time. Hall had hoped to join the Foreign Service, but suffered a setback in 1932, when in Turkey, she accidentally shot herself in the left leg <gasps> while hunting birds. What? Yeah. After gangrene set in, Virginia lost a portion of her left leg just below the knee. On leave from the State Department and back at the family farm in Parkton, Maryland, Virginia learned to walk with a prosthetic limb, which she nicknamed Cuthbert.
0: That is fucking awesome. That reminds me, I was in the hospital in high school because I had a blood clot, just mm-hmm. for fun reasons. And I nicknamed my IV pole because I would like walk around the hospital yeah, at you night, have to. And so I nicknamed my IV pole Robert. <laughs> I was like, oh, me and Robert are just taking a little stroll. No big deal. I know it's 2 a.m., but no one else is around. That sounds like you. Yeah. I found an abandoned wing of the hospital,
1: and it was super creepy. That also sounds like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have explored it with you if I was there.
0: I was mad because my uh, my friend at the time, I was like, you should sleep over in my hospital room and we'll go wander around the hospital.
1: And, and she, she wouldn't no. do it. <laughs> Aww, lame. I know. I'm super pissed. <laughs> okay. So her nicknamed prosthetic leg Cuthbert. You have to remember in the, in the 1930s, they were clunky appendages made of painted wood that often didn't fit properly and caused pressure sores created when the wood chafed on the, the stump's tender skins. And though hollow, Cuthbert with its aluminum foot weighed more than seven pounds. Jesus! It attached it attached to Virginia by leather belts wrapped around her waist. Every day was leg day. Yeah, it, that would suck.
0: No, that that would awful. Like prosthetics are not comfortable
1: nowadays. That Just sounds terrible. Just imagine back then, like right? good God. The State Department had strict rules against employees with disabilities joining the diplomatic corps, and Hall was furious when she was barred from testing. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Her letter of appeal reached the then Secretary, State, secretary of State, Cordell Hall, but he dismissed it. Implying Virginia should be satisfied with her, her existing career prospects, the Secretary wrote, quote, Hall could become a fine career girl in consular services, end quote. His decision was final. Her, pref- her preferred career path was blocked, and she resigned from the State Department in 1939. Bullshit. Thereafter, she attended graduate school at the American University in Washington, D.C. She was like, fuck you, I'm going back to school. Yeah.
0: That's so awful. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you have a disability. Fuck you. Like, what? Right.
1: I'm so punchy tonight. I know. So my next title is World War II, a.k.a. The Shit gets Real. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my God. Yep. <laughs>
0: that I feel like that is how every World War II documentary should just be titled. <laughs> shit World War real. II. Shit gets real. Adolf, Adolf Hitler's I, I titled Secret Weapons. Shit
1: starts getting real. Adolf Hitler's Secret Weapons. Shit gets real. Right. Okay. So the coming of the war that year found Hall in Paris. Okay. No, that's right. I was like, did I skip ahead like seven paragraphs? <laughs> okay. The coming of the war that year found Hall in Paris on the eve of the German invasion. So she's in France. Okay. Um, she joined the ambulance service before the fall of France, but after the Germans rolled through Paris in June of nineteen forty, her and a friend fled on a bike taking turns on the handlebars. She insisted on pedaling too, despite her leg.
0: Despite her having a seven pound eel yeah. fitting. She was like, Fuck this, that? I'm
1: I'm contributing. Um so they retreated to to London, and when a vacancy opened at the US War Department, she accepted a position as code clerk. Okay. I'm going to take, like, half a step I'm back. I'm assuming they didn't bike all the way to London. I'm assuming they biked out of Paris to somewhere safe and then, like, trucked to London. No, no, no. I understand that. But, like,
0: you said they took turns on the handlebars. Immediately I was envisioning this tandem bike situation, but I realized one bike. One of them was literally pedaling while the other was riding on the yep, handlebars. And then they'd switch. That's a hell of a way to get away from
1: the Nazis, Yeah,
0: right? Good God. It's like a bad double mint commercial.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. The United States was not yet in the war, but Virginia's knowledge of the French countryside fluency in French and German and her moxie caught the attention of the British. Prime Minister Winston Churchill had just established the Special Operations Executive, SOE for short, to, quote, set Europe ablaze, end quote. That dude fucking loved war. I know. He
0: was he was one of those historical figures where he was literally
1: made for his moment. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what happened is he was prime minister. There was a war. He left. The next war started. And they were like, yeah, we should get him back.
0: Yeah. But then they fucking got him out of there once World War II was over oh, yeah. because he wanted to keep it going. Yeah. Because he it loved it. It was bad. He well, was really good was declined, at war. And
1: it was this whole thing. You should watch The Crown. <laughs> Oh, I should. She's in that. It's great. The actor who plays him is wonderful. Anyway. She was
0: drunk all
1: the time. (laughs) So after she joined the SOE, it sent her back to France in August of 1941. The SOE, when they recruited her, she was the first woman resident agent in France. She used foreign documents, false names, and worked undercover as a reporter for the New York Post. She established her headquarters in August of 1941 in haute department, hot lorry department, between the cities of Toulouse and Lyon. Her mission codename Geologist 5 was provided SOE with information on on the Vichy in France, which I think was the German, like, leadership in France at the time. Okay. This included reports on political developments, economic conditions, and the popular will to resist. Virginia went beyond that um, and proved adept at recruiting new spies. Nice. She grew her agent. Network codenamed Heckler into an important logistic logistical hub.
0: That's such a cute name for your spy network. We're a bunch of little hecklers. It's
1: great, it's wonderful. I I love it. The British were ramping up agent operations, parachuting men and equipment into France for sabotage operations across the country. Heckler, first on the ground, was centrally located. Hall became an expert at support operations. Organizing resistance movements, supplying agents with money, weapons, and supplies, helping downed airmen to escape, offering safe houses and medical assistance to wounded agents and pilots. Um, sometimes even like holding them in their own home until they were, her own home until they were ready to go home. Jeez. Like, or until someone could get them out of France. Right. She also developed a specialty, planning and executing jailbreaks. <gasps> Fun. Yeah. One of her agents, a local doctor named Jean Rousset, Established an asylum for the mentally ill to provide medical support and hide escapees until safe passage from France can be found.
0: So was it like an actual asylum and they snuck Allied soldiers into yeah. there? oak? Oh, or yeah. was it like all Allied soldiers? And no, like...
1: there were some asylum patients. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really, it was really neat. According to the SOE records, nearly every British agent sent to France received some support from Heckler while it was active.
0: I'm, you can't see it, and I realized that by giving made a Kelly was the like Whoa. the holy shit face. Yes, yeah,
1: so that was pretty neat. Um, being the nerve center made Virginia a target as well, according to Dr. Dennis Casey of the U.S. Air Force Intelligence Agency. The French nicknamed named her La Dame qui boit, which I didn't look up. I probably should have. And then, yeah, it's the lady something. And the Germans put her put the title of the limping lady. Oh my God. Oh, that's great. That's um, kind of cute. They put that on most of their wanted posters as well. So, this is a person you may or may not have heard of. Lions Gestapo chief, Klaus Barbie. What? Which his name was Nicholas, and Klaus was his, like, other name. So his Nicholas name was Nicholas Klaus, Klaus, Barbie? Klaus Barbie. Fuck him. No, he, he was an asshole. Like, he's one of those Gestapo that you hear about that you're like, everyone should have murdered you. Like, he's, he was known as his other name was known as the butcher of lion like he killed so many people and he was big on torture. I stand by my statement. Yeah, no, you can see. St- yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> so he never found out Virginia's true name or nationality. He however did catch wind of her activities and was reported to have said, "Quote, I would give anything to get my hands on that limping Canadian bitch." End quote, even though she wasn't Canadian. He just assumed. But he didn't know. <laughs> Yeah. So oh my great. god. Did you look up what that meant?
0: I'm I'm looking
1: I'm looking it up right now because I didn't know how to spell uh Quiboi, oh, it's and I, Qui and Oh Q U I and then B O I T E.
0: Oh my god.
1: Okay, the La Femme Qui means the woman who drinks. Was well, the La Dame, but I'm pretty sure it would be the same. Oh, that's still yeah, the woman who drinks. All right, okay, so
0: she was the woman who drinks and, and the, the limping woman who lady. Lives.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> that's great. They have the best nicknames, right? So, um, Klaus Barbie placed a high bounty on her head and circulated many wanting po- wanted posters. Although it is a given in the world of espionage that the risk of discovery and capture escalates the longer an agent has been on the ground. Of the more than 400 SOE agents ultimately sent to France, 25% didn't return. Jesus. Many were executed on discovery. Others survived brutal torture or were shipped to concentration camps. Ugh. German military intelligence, the Abwehr, was extremely successful in infiltrating resistance groups and allied sabotage networks. According to the British historian MRD Foote, by May 1942, there were no organized British networks reporting from occupied France. By what year? 1940, May of
0: 1942. Oh, my God. So, so no one was getting any information out? Nope. Jesus.
1: With so many networks rolled up, Virginia became a more important source and conduit for information. When Virginia heard a French network in Paris codenamed Gloria was desperate to send reports and microfilm of German naval facilities to SOE in London, she agreed to help. She didn't know, however, that the leader of Gloria had been captured, tortured, and ultimately killed, and the Abwar controlled his organization. Oh, shit. The Abwar sent its agent, a Catholic priest turned informant, Abbe Robert, oh, Abbe Robert Alesh, to curry tampered microfilm to Heckler's drop at Dr. Rousseau's office. Virginia didn't trust the Abbe and sensed the coming danger. Agent networks were collapsing all around, and both the Abwehr and Gestapo were closing in. In September of 1942, she sent a message to London. My address has been given to the Vichy. I may be watched. My time is about up.
0: Oh, fuck. And she knew it was coming.
1: Yeah. The Gestapo began a concentrated focus on Lyon, where they noted a spike in escaped prisoners, sabotage efforts, and disappearances of downed pilots, much much associated with the limping lady. The Gestapo were closing in on her, desperately seeking a, quote, Canadian woman, fitting Hall's description. She should have just
0: walked around, like, sporting the American flag, like, no, I'm not Canadian. I don't know
1: what you're talking about. I hate syrup. (laughs) Barbie captured many of the heckler operatives in the ensuing months. Hall did escape the country in the nick of time, though. Many heckler agents in Lyon were among the estimated 14,000 people killed by Barbie during the war, while others were tortured and sent to camps in Germany. Oh, this is depressing. Yep. So when Hall left, she knew she had to leave immediately and narrow, narrowly escaped by train from Lyon to Perpigan- Perpignan. Then she walked over 7, the 7,500 footpath in the Pyrenees to Spain. Let's she went remember, over the mountains. She has the mountains a, in a prosthetic leg. She has a hollow, wooden, shitty, fucking prosthetic leg. Yep. So they cover. So she was. She had a guide, um, and they covered up to fifty miles over two days in considerable discomfort. She would use her good leg to make like plow through the snow and drag Cuthbert behind her.
0: So she also hit her ten
1: thousand steps every oh, day. Yeah.
0: Her and Kathy would have been like those ladies power walking through
1: the neighborhood Have right. they been born at different times <laughs> before making her escape she signaled to SOE that she hoped Cuthbert would not give her trouble on the way over the mountains the F- the SOE not understanding her reference replied quote if Cuthbert is troublesome eliminate him <laughs> you funny. fucking in the back of the head you just shoot that wooden leg don't even right. hesitate <laughs> After arriving in Spain, however, she was arrested by the Spanish authorities for illegally crossing the border. Yep. I mean. Um, but the U.S. Embassy eventually secured her release. The British refused her request. Oh, she, sorry. She wanted to then go back to France. After the U.S. embassy got her out, she's
0: like, "Okay, the heat's died down a little. Let me go back in there and keep
1: fucking shit up for the Nazis." Yeah, the British, however, refused her request because she was too well known by the Gestapo. Like, they're still going to know who she is.
0: Exactly. You You'd go back, and <laughs> like, it'd be it's exactly still the where war, you were. honey. <laughs>
1: yeah. After working for SOE for a time in Madrid, she returned to London in July of 1943, where she was quietly made an honorary member of the Order of the British Empire. They wanted to make a big deal out of it, but she declined, like, a ceremony. oh So that was July of 1943. She joined the U.S. Office of Strategic Services, so the OSS, which is the precursor to the CIA. hmm special operations branch in march of 1944 and asked to return to occupied france get me back there i am not done fucking up barbie's life right she hardly needed any training in the clandestine work behind enemy lines however um they did teach her trade craft morse code hand-to-hand combat explosives map reading canoeing bomber signaling weapons and operational planning so on top of everything she already knew. <laughs>
0: and everything that they basically didn't have to teach her. They're like, yeah, here's another like menagerie of amazing badassery yeah. skills.
1: So over the course of several stages of the training, all but one other woman failed. And she was the only graduate of her class. Damn. Yeah. You go, Virginia. The OSS promptly granted her request to, take, to go back to France and landed her in the British MTB in Brittany. Her artificial leg kept her from parachuting in. So they had to take her to Brittany and then get her to France or, you know, Paris. Um, with a forged French identification certificate for M- Marseille Mon- Montag, Mon- Monte Montague M-O-N-T-A-G-N-E. I hate when they do G-N-E at the end because I never remember how to pronounce it. Is it Montague? No, that would be U-E. Oh, Montagne. That's what I'm going to go with. We're just going to call him Monty. We'll just go with Marcella. Marcel. Um, Codename Diane. We're just going to call him Marcel Diane. <laughs> yeah. um, she eluded the Gestapo in contact with the French Resistance in central France. She returned in the spring of 1944 as the Allied forces were planning their Normandy invasion for June. She was transferred on March 10th and boarded the Motor Gunboat 502 at Devonshire Royal, Royal Navy Base to be inserted into France 10 days later. Paul disguised herself as a plump, elderly woman with a limp. She changed her walk to a shuffle and had the fillings of her teeth redone to match French dentistry. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I, I love that. Here's the thing.
0: That was so important. Yeah. Because they will check that shit. I know, it's crazy. Did you ever see that scene in Inglorious Bastards where yeah. he, where the, where the spy pretending to be German does the, um, the, th- he holds up his hand to yeah, indicate and it's wrong? Three. With, I think it was his index, his middle, and his ring finger. The last
1: three fingers? It's supposed to be your thumb, your
0: index, and your middle. And they were like, oh, we
1: know. And -hmm." then everyone fucking
0: died. Everyone in that movie dies. Spoilers.
1: So her persona, Marcel Montagni. we're just going to say Marcel, was a farmhand in a small village of Croissant in central France where she tended cows, made cheese, and assisted um, the farm owner. While appearing to be a local peasant, she collected vital information about German troop movements, established contacts with the resistance, and radioed London. She also sold cheese to soldiers as a cover for collection. Oh my god. She would then relay information back to London, sometimes using a bicycle to get power for her machines.
0: So she would like pedal on with her. Yeah, it was either her or
1: um I think she had like someone helping her. There's a really cool picture of it that's in CIA headquarters that I'll put on the blog. Of, like, her and this guy, and the guy's peddling, and she's, like, Morse coding it out. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really neat. So despite her operational security and solid cover, she was interrogated and several local farmers were killed, their heads placed on spikes as a demonstration of what would happen if they were found collaborating with the enemy. Shit. Seeing the increased risk of being discovered, Hall radioed London that, quote, the wolves are at the door. And fled to the town of Cosney near Paris. Once there, she realized Cosney was a valuable operating base leading up to and after D-Day and set to work immediately. Because, of course. Cause she's not fucking no, done. No, she's like, yeah, I'm still here. Let's do this. It's crazy. Cause she's realistic enough to know
0: when she needs to get out, but she's like, okay, like let me still get do more. right back fucking right. in there.
1: So while in, um, Cosney. She mapped drop zones for supplies and commandos from England, found safe houses, and linked up with the Jedberg team after the Allied forces landed at Normandy. Hall helped train three battalions of resistance forces to wage guerrilla warfare against the Germans and kept up a stream of valuable reporting until Allied troops overtook her small band in September. With the the German troops beginning to retreat, Hall worked her way back to Hotlerie where she she organized several thousand Maquis, which are I think they're like small French resistance groups. Okay. To blow up bridges and conduct other sabotage operations to support Allies' D-Day invasion. Bring it on. So during that two-month period in the mid-1944, Hall sent 37 intelligence reports, oversaw 27 parachute drops of materials for the French Resistance, coordinated the effort of 1,500 resistance fighters, oversaw innumerable attacks resulting in more than 170 Germans killed and 800 captured managed dozens of acts of sabotage that disrupted German logistics and reinforcements and integrated a joint SOE OSS operational team into her area of operations.
0: Let's remember this lady got kicked out for having a disability. No, she never in the got past. kicked out.
1: They wouldn't let her in.
0: Or yeah, she wouldn't, wasn't even allowed through the front door because she had a disability and now she is getting everything done. She's not getting shit done. She is getting everything done
1: right yeah she is the resistance right um so she got out alive afterward good um and she actually so she was already awarded the member of the british empire and she had declined a ceremony she also received the distinguished service cross and she was the only civilian woman in the second world war to do so see and that's why i'm like i don't know if she was military because i think they considered cia civilian anyways she had the call
0: to serve yes and she fucking served despite the fact that she was almost caught and killed right?
1: like 80 billion yeah. times so she got the distinguished service cross and she once again refused all but a private ceremony with oss chief donovan she even declined a presentation by president truman himself Jeez. by this time virginia had joined the cia and thought the publicity would blow her cover So in May of 1945, Hall chose to receive the medal with only her mother and the OSS chief M.G. William Donovan president in order to protect her cover. She was always on. Yeah. That's crazy. So post-war. This is like the one really sad note. Oh, no. Hall returned to in France after the war to see to see the members of the original he- Heckler network, only to find that many were tortured, killed, or sent to concentration camps in in late 1941. Oh, yeah. She then sought uh, new assignments in OSS, but many of the biases and discriminatory practices resurfer- resurfaced in the post-war environment. Hey, thanks for all the shit you did, but you're still a disabled woman, so fuck you. So she wasn't permitted to deploy in an overseas operational capacity. However, because she spoke fluent Italian... Oh, so she also knew Italian. Yeah. Okay. Um. She was dispatched to Venice, where she collected and transmitted economic, financial, and political intelligence with special emphasis on the communist movement and its leaders. So it's like, you don't get to do anything, but you can be the person that relays this information.
0: I'm it's really still a desk off. job. I'm so pissed off about this because she proved her worth and her value yeah. a billion times over. Yeah. She didn't even accept any of the glory. She was like, no, guys, I need to keep my fucking cover. Keep the shit under wraps. Right. Just send me back to France I know. so I can keep getting shit done. And the second that the situation becomes
1: less dire, they're like, Meh. but women, yeah. what can they really do? I know. She, she then worked for the National Committee uh, for a Free Europe, which is the NCFE, um, which is a CIA front organization associated with Radio Free Europe. She was still part of the OSS at this point, though. In 1950, Hall married former OSS agent Paul Goylotte, um, who actually had actually met in France. He had arrived after D-Day to Cosney and found no Germans because they had already left at that point to help fight. So they, like, went around trying to find resistance groups. But most of the resistance groups had disbanded by that point because the Germans had left. Do you think he
0: just rolled in and she was like, "No, no, 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 honey? I got this. Um, uh,
1: There's a slightly embellished story if you go to rejected princesses.com that apparently in one of the safe houses they like found wine and then like she was like, oh, my mission's over. And so they drank and fell in love. And she, the author of Rejected Princesses even admits like he's like, yeah, I embellished a little. He's like, "But this is how I like to think it happened. I fucking love that. I He's there ready to kick
0: ass. And she's like. No, I did this. No, we're good. No, I know. We're good. There's
1: a really funny picture of her just like standing by the French flag, like shrugging. Like I don't know where the Germans went. <laughs> it's oh, really funny. There were Germans here. I yeah. had no idea. So after that, the 40 year old Hall was eager to re- to remain in the intelligence business. So in 1951, she joined the CIA, or Central Intelligence Agency. For those of you who don't know, for you non American listeners, yep. While being perhaps best known for her heroic service in the British Ser- Special Operations Executive and the OSS during World War II, she actually spent the mo- more time in the CIA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so she began working as an intelligence analyst of, on French parliamentary affairs. She worked alongside her husband as part of the Special Activities Division. One of a handful of relatively senior women in the clandestine service, she worked in various elements of the CIA until her mandatory retirement age of 1966 at the age of 60. Jesus. Yep. So when she retired in 1966, uh, she retired to a farm in Barn- Barnesville, Maryland. To finally live out her dream yeah, as a um, French
0: cow herder. No, apparently she,
1: she did start like gardening and making cheese. Like that was a thing. Oh, my God. She was like undercover. She's like, you know what?
0: This is actually pretty cool. I can do this.
1: Yeah. Maybe once the Nazis all go fuck off, I'll do this for real. Right. Apparently, Virginia was a very private person. She left no memoirs and granted no interviews and spoke little about her overseas life, even with her relatives. Wow. She died at the Shady Grove Adventist Hospital in Rockville, Maryland on the 8th of July in 1982, age 76. And she is buried in the Druid Ridge Cemetery in Pikesville, Baltimore County, Maryland.
0: Baltimore's where my parents met.
1: Aw. Yeah. So That's here- where
0: I was the twinkle in my father's eyes. Nice.
1: <laughs> so awards, as we talked about, she got the Distinguished Service Cross from the Americans, the member of the Order, Order of the British Empire, and was award- also awarded the Crox de Guerre with Palme by France. So she basically got one from the big three allies, America, Britain, and France. I mean, she fucking better have. Right? She was honored again for her courageous work in 2006 on the 100th anniversary of her birth by the French and British ambassadors in was- Washington. Hall was also posthumously indu- inducted into the Maryland Women's Hall of Fame in 2019. So this year. That's awesome. Legacy. Yay. So I love It kind of ends on like now. a meh note. <laughs> well, and,
0: you know, the thing is the nice thing about the legacy is that like, even if a woman's story didn't end on a high note, we can at least admire what they've left behind right. as
1: a whole. Well, it's still super impressive. So, Legacy. In 2006, the CIA hung an oil painting of Hall that depicts her inside a barn in southern France in 1944, using a suitcase radio powered by an automobile generator and bike parts to transmit le- messages to London. That's That's awesome. one I mentioned earlier that I'll put on the blog. This piece is one of several paintings in the agency's art collection that adorn its headquarters. Recently, the CIA also named a training facility after her, her as well called the Virginia Hall Expeditionary Center. That's awesome. Um, her story has been told in several books, including The Wolves at the Door, which is, you know, a quote from her. Fucking the, love that. The True Story of America's Greatest Female Spy by Judith L. Pearson. That was 2005. The Spy with a Wooden Leg. The Story of Virginia Hall by Nancy Paulette in 2012. La Espionne Virginia Hall Un American des La Guerre by French, by Vincent Nuzel. Um That is a French biography, uh, no. reviewed, which is reviewed by a historian, M.R.D. Foot. So that's kind of cool. Oh, in studies of an intelligence. So it was like in a magazine. So that's pretty neat. That nice. was 2007. A Woman of No Importance, The Untold Story of World War II's Most Dangerous Spy, Virginia Hall by Sonia Purnell. And that's coming out this year. I think I don't think it's out yet. And a film, A Woman of No Importance, based on the book by Sonia Purnell is due to release this year. So we'll have to watch that when it comes. Wait, out. so
0: the book's not even out yet, and they're already like, "We're I, making this a
1: movie." I don't remember if the book's out yet. Let me check. Okay, it is out. Okay, that so makes it that came makes sense, out. This then. it came out. This so the book came out this year, and there should be a movie coming later. Although it was brought up that you know people have been offered movie deals on books before, and it never comes through. So,
0: but there is to, a chance. <laughs> I would love to see a documentary, like. I prefer documentaries over like a Hollywood motion picture, you know, like I want to see a documentary about the King's speech, not the movie. But I
1: suppose it's hard when she left no memoir and she wasn't, you know, she didn't give any interviews. She didn't talk to people about it. You know what blows my mind is that there's all this documentation on her
0: and she, none of it came from her. No,
1: actually and a lot of it, I, I got off like the CIA's website.
0: That's crazy cuz I had a hard time finding information on Kathy Williams because obviously she didn't write anything down herself. Right. And actually I found all these different websites and it was it was like they copied and pasted the same exact
1: article over and over and over know, and I was I hate like when you find that cuz you're like damn. is this it? Is this all there is? Right? Cause but I've, I've run across that before.
0: With so many women because they're not remembered or they're not documented that's all we have we have one person's write-up that just gets regurgitated over, over and, and over. over yep that's incredible man and you know i get that she didn't like officially serve in like the u.s military but she was still kicking nazis asses and making barbie's life a living hell so i think virginia deserves a cheers cheers, cheers. virginia <laughs> clink this would have been a good episode for that liberation day perry yeah
1: why yeah, <laughs> um that's okay too so, little too late yeah insurrection's pretty badass yes, it's a good one so this week i'm just gonna go with the obvious and say you know i'm thankful despite all these shitty laws being passed in certain states um i am thankful we're not gonna we're, we're not getting into that names, but um but there's one state that actually was like no you can do whatever you want so yay that state i can't remember what state it is now off the top of my head i want to say kansas but I don't think that's right. I've just been stuck in being pissed off. But yay, whatever state that was. So, but I, I do want to, you know, say I'm thankful for the freedoms that we do have and the people that have made sure we have them.
0: You know, you see those videos of soldiers coming home, like especially the surprise ones where it's like the soldier surprises the yeah. kid in class or it's something. It's not it, always like that. Here's the thing it always makes me cry because I think of all the instances where someone didn't come home and it just right? it and absolutely breaks my for heart. Them. And it's just sad. It's really sad. And I'm thankful for everyone who's put their life on the line to help protect our freedoms and who has had that call to service, whether it be in the military or even in Virginia's case where she's like, these Nazis are overrunning this country and we can't fucking have that. And we're so thankful and we're never going to be able to accurately express that. You know, if you really want to thank a veteran, if you really want to thank people in the service, the best way to do that is to donate to local charities who support veterans. Do your fucking research. I'm not going to name names, but there are some big
1: charities for veterans out there who do not fucking do the work. If you want to help veterans in other ways, there's a lot of veterans that when they leave, they have to leave their dogs with people or other animals. There's a lot of great programs to foster those animals for the veterans until they return home or, you know... You, if unfortunately they don't, you know, you have the, I believe you have the chance to adopt them as well. Yeah. And I mean, but it helps, you know, it helps knowing that their best friend or their, you know, their loved one essentially, because pets are family, is in good hands and that they don't have to give them to a pound or a rescue where they may never be adopted. Absolutely. And
0: do your research, figure out the best way that you can help the most um, effective way that you can help, especially locally.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of good charities, too, that send um, care packages overseas to the soldiers that are currently deployed.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even uh, charities that support the people left behind, like family yep. members, spouses. I know I've benefited from a local charity. Yeah, Anything um, you can do. It's, it's so important because... You know, veterans and service members deserve all of our help and they don't get it. And that's why these charities are so important. But I mean, the the people left
1: behind, if someone doesn't come home, also deserve, you know, they don't deserve to be forgotten either. And I'm not saying you said that, but I think a lot of times people don't think about that. They're they're like, oh, this person died in action. And then that's that's it. There's no, oh, I should think about helping their family because the families need assistance. It's hard to not have someone come home.
0: When one person serves, the whole family serves, and the whole family feels the impact.
1: So, when you marry, I've always heard that when you marry a military man, you you marry the military.
0: Oh, absolutely!
1: We're really thankful for everyone
0: who serves, for everyone who's given the ultimate sacrifice. I'm so thankful for the people in my life who support me.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm thankful for Kelly as my co-host. I'm thankful for Emily too, (laughs) and you know. I feel like this has been a very serious episode. It has. But
1: when you're doing a Memorial Day episode, that's kind of what happens. So... We might actually be serious for the next few weeks because we're coming up, up into... Pride Month. Pride Month. I was like, what is it called? Um, no, I'm so glad you brought that up. I know. I was up. like, Emily's going to be so mad if I don't bring this up. Um, So for the next four weeks after this one releases, um, we're going to stick to um, LGBTQIA members of the community that have been forgotten. Yeah. So we are, that identify as women.
0: Right. So we are going to be celebrating women who are part of the, uh, LGBTQIA community each week. Uh, Kelly and I are going to be profiling a different woman from that community and singing their praises because here's the thing, as much as women are forgotten it gets worse for women of color women who are a part of the Trans lgbtq women. Femi- uh, community asian wa- i mean just women in general there it, it's so crazy that there are like layers of forgetfulness and discrimination it's like white cis women get forgotten and then it just gets worse, worse from there a, yeah, on out I know. so we are going to be celebrating pride month woohoo we're going to be getting our pride on we're going to be celebrating women and I'm super excited. Yeah, I am
1: too. I've, I've found, I have like a list and I'm like, oh God, we only have four weeks, but I've found like eight people I want to cover. What am I supposed to do? So I'll just throw them in throughout the year. I was going to
0: say, uh, June is not going to be the only time no, of the year not that at we're all. celebrating women from the community. It's just going to be our focus. June is all pride.
1: All, all pride, pride, all, all the, the time.
0: time. Woo! so strap in and strap on because we're going to get excited All right, well thank you so much for listening you guys we love you so much and we thank you so much for your support please like us on Facebook at Whining About Herstory Instagram at WAHpod we post a ton of fun stuff on there I put up Hildegard's map of the universe as a vagina vagina, it was
1: great Um, so many people got on board with that I know right (laughs) Go ahead and find our blog at com, And remember there's no E in whining, just to throw that out there again. That was such a issue. <laughs> um <laughs> that's in episode like two, I think, if you want to hear that story. Um and then, you know, hit us up at email, whiningaboutherstory at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about you, about your stories, or just really anything you want to say to us.
0: And please rate us and review us wherever you listen, especially I uh Apple Podcasts, that really helps us out. We just had someone recently review us on Facebook, which we're so grateful for. Yay. You don't have to give us money to support us. Just rate and review us. Five stars. If you don't have anything good to say, you know what? We,
1: we would take four stars, too. Keep- we don't have to be like <laughs> only five stars, Emily. Geez.
0: If you got like a one
1: star in you, just keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> okay?
0: No one needs that negativity. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening and whining about her street. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. And have an empowered day. Bye. Bye.